All right. Greetings, brothers and sisters. We praise the Lord for his goodness and his mercy. We thank God for all the things that he does, uh, knowing that he doesn't have to do them. That really just uh, warms my heart. And I hope it warms your heart as well, just to consider um, just the volume of things that God does for us. I mean, he does everything for us. There isn't anything that, 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 um, there isn't any area of our life um, where um, God hasn't done something to impact it in the in the natural spiritual. God God is he, he does so much for for us. Now, some people who are listening to this, you you're not aware of just what all God um, um, has done for you, and you're not aware of what God um, wants to do for you. But I want to serve notice and um and um clue you in to the reality that god has done a lot for you your your very being your life everything god created you amen amen god created you amen and um and he didn't stop there god has a design for you god has a plan for you so not only did he create you okay but he has um, he he has a purpose and a plan for your life, amen. And God's desire is is that you would cooperate with Him, that you would um, that you would surrender and that you would you would accept that responsibility um, that He has for you. Now, in order to do that accept that responsibility because although God does have a plan for you and, and God wants to, Lord wants to take you someplace and use you for some things. Well, he, he won't just use you any kind of way or just in any state. No. The first thing that's got to happen is, is that the Bible teaches that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we learned this in the book of Romans. So the first thing that has to happen is, is that your sins got to be dealt with. Okay. <clears throat> your sin has to be dealt with. It's got to be washed. Okay. Amen. It's got to be washed in the blood that was shed on Calvary by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And the way that happens is, is number one, you got to repent of your sins. You got to, you got to take a look, long, hard look at how you've been living and what you've been doing and all of these different things. And you got to realize that, wait a minute, I'm not perfect. I dropped the ball. I'm not right. Okay. I'm not right. According to, to God's standard, because God is good, but we are not. Okay. Because to really be good means that you're to be morally right in thought and in word and in deed. Okay. And that's not something that, that we are, we've got that sin. So we've got to repent of that sin. Amen. Got to be broken over that sin. sin. Repentance is not just a blanket. I'm sorry. Okay. It's a, it's a change of mind as well as a change of direction. So it's, it's not only I'm not doing this thing. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm not doing this anymore. But in addition to that, it's I'm turning away from it. Okay. I, I, I am, I'm changing my mind about what I've been doing and, and not just my direction. Okay. So if God says it's wrong, it doesn't matter how much I feel that I like it, or I feel good about it. If as soon as I find out that that thing is wrong before the Lord, 
then I'm going to adopt the same mindset. If God says it's wrong, I am going to consider that wrong. I am going to accept that as wrong. In other words, I got to accept God's way. You got to accept God's way. And when you truly repent of your sin, you're not just a turning away from your way. Okay. You're turning away from your own way. There's a way that seems right unto the man, to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We learned that in Proverbs. Okay. I'm not just turning away from the sin, not just not nat naturally and mentally. Okay. So I'm, I'm changing my, I'm changing my actions. I'm turning, I'm not going over there. I'm not going that way no more. I'm not going in that, that path anymore, but I'm also changing my mind about that also. So I'm turning away from sin and I'm turning towards God. Okay. Now God's got the power. Amen. Amen. To pull me through and to, and to, and, and to pull me away and to give me the ability to walk away from that sin and be successful in walking away. Okay. But I got to first turn to him the way he wants me to. And I, and, and how does God want me to in humility? I got to humble myself. I got to repent of my sin. Okay. The next thing that you got to do is that you got to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. You got to have your sins washed away. Okay. You got to, you got to have your sins washed away. Now, um, I actually want to back up just a moment because before you can get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and truly get baptized, you got to know what you're getting baptized into. Okay. You have to, you, 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 you got to get baptized for the right reason. You can't just get baptized because somebody said, Oh, the Lord will change your life and the, 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 and, and, and he'll, and he'll do this and he'll do that. And all these other sorts of nonsensical things that the Lord didn't, you know, promise people try to make up all these sorts of things. He'll give you happiness and he'll give you this as if that's what baptism and all of these stuff is for. No, 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 no. And more. No. Okay. Okay. You got to have, listen, you got to be born of the water and of the spirit. Okay. This is true. But before that can happen, you must first believe the gospel. You have to believe the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus was born of a virgin. Okay. He lived among men, worked all manner of righteousness. Amen. Amen. He went to a cross one day, paying for crimes that he never committed, paying for sins that he never committed. I hope you hear what I'm telling you. And they executed him on that cross. He laid down his life so that you wouldn't have to lay down yours. In fact, you would be able to take up new life. He laid down his life so that if you would allow him, he could restore your life. Because how could he do it? Because although he laid, although he was executed and laid in a borrowed tomb, the Bible teaches that he rose on the third day with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. And with that, if you and I rep will repent of our sins, Believe the message, believe the gospel, believe what he did for us. Repent of our sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the removing, okay, or the washing away of those sins. 
This means that when I believe all of this and I get baptized in his name, then the work that was done on Calvary, the salvation that was purchased by the shedding of his blood, it will it gets applied to me. The, 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 the power of the blood to wash away sins gets applied to my life, gets applied to your life. You, 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 you got, when he was pierced in the side, out came water and blood. Water for baptism, blood for redemption. Thus, baptism, you have to have, I hope you understand, thus, you got to be born of the water and of the spirit. You got to get baptized in that water. Because obedience to that, amen. The obedience to that results in the blood being applied to you. The work of the blood, the power of the blood. And that blood is so powerful, it can take the stains of sin that are on your soul and wash them away. It doesn't stop there because you got to be born of the water and of the spirit. Baptism has two parts. Amen. Amen. Both the water and the spirit. You got to be baptized in the water. Remember, Jesus was pierced in the side and out came water and blood. Water and blood. When that sack was, was pierced, water came out first and then blood. The blood is applied as a result of obedience to the water. And that blood is what washes away. The power of that blood is what washes away the sins. That's how you get the blood applied. By obedience, but you got to do it the right way. But then he fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is a gift. You cannot be taught it. But when you get it, you'll know that you got it because you will be able to speak in other tongues as the spirit of the Lord gives utterance. Exactly the same way that it happened in the book of Acts is exactly the same way that it will happen for you. It won't be anything different. Okay. It'll be the same thing. Okay. You will receive the Holy Ghost just as they received it in the book of Acts. The way the church received it then, that's the way that you will receive the Holy Ghost, okay? And you'll know it. You never have to wonder whether or not, person doesn't have to wonder whether or not they have the Holy Ghost. Person shouldn't go around saying, I think I have the Holy Ghost, or I'm not sure. No, you should know. You should know if you have the Holy Ghost, because when you, because listen, God doesn't deviate from the pattern and he has already showed it in there, amen, amen. Amen. Multiple times how it happens. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, 
Amen. When you receive that, you receive a, the, the ability to speak in tongues and you will speak in tongues. That is a gift to you. And you, and, and, and listen, you, and you got to want that. You, you want that. Tongues is a prayer language. That's all. That's what it is. At the, at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's a, it's a prayer language. That literally gives you another way to pray. Amen. Amen. And you want that. So you, you gotta, you gotta first do that. Okay. Now, brothers and sisters. So we are thankful for the things that God does for us. And for those of you who don't know what God has done, God has done a lot and God wants to do more. And what I just explained was, was that the very, that, that the chief of things that God wants to do for you and the, and the one that it should really should be your number one priority is getting right with God. And so we've just told you, you've got to, you listen, you got to repent of your sin. You got to be sorry for your sin. Got to be broken over it. Can't be secretly cool with it. Got to be willing to let that go. You got to, you got to turn from it and turn towards God. You got to believe that gospel message, you, the message of Jesus Christ, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived among men, that he died on the cross for your sins and mine, and that he rose the third day with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. You got to believe that message. You got to put faith in that message. Amen. You got to believe all that is the gospel. And then you must obey that gospel. You obey that gospel. The gospel is obeyed, amen, through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. We do not baptize. Don't go get baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He didn't tell nobody to do that. He, didn't, he wasn't telling you to go, go say what I say. No. In that, in, no. He wasn't telling you to do that. He was telling them to go and do something. And so when they got baptized, they baptized in the name of Jesus Christ or the name of the Lord Jesus. That, that's it. They didn't do anything else. That's the only two things, either in the name of Jesus Christ or the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay? Amen. They didn't get just baptized in, in the name of, of Jesus. There's many different Jesuses. There were, many diff there were different Jesuses in that day. But he had to be designated. Which Jesus were you getting baptized into? Well, there's two, listen, when they, when the baptism took place two listen, either one of two things was called in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. In the name of the Lord Jesus or in the name of Jesus Christ. All right. I want to make sure I make that plain in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay. Or in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those are the ways that it was done. So when you get baptized, you want to be baptized that same exact way. And then you want to expect, you want to ex expect to receive that gift. What gift? The gift of the Holy Ghost. That is a gift. You can't strong arm it. You can't be taught it or anything like that. But when you get that gift, you're going to know it because you're going to speak in tongues. Now, if you have been baptized, water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, amen, you've repented, you've done all things, and you have not received the Holy Ghost yet, then that is your number one priority. Every time you pray, every time you are seeking the Lord for the Holy Ghost, Lord, give me, Lord, I want what you have. God grant unto me the Holy Ghost. You got to tune yourself into the Lord, into his spirit. You got to get in tune with God. You got to get on one accord with God. Amen. When they received it in the book of Acts, they were on one accord. 
That don't mean that they was just on one accord with one another. They were on one accord with the Lord. They were, they listen, they were on the same page with his agenda. They were walking in obedience. Remember, Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endowed. He said, wait in Jerusalem. They were literally being obedient. So you got to begin to you got to begin to pursue God's work. You got to begin to do the things that that's how you wait. That's how you tarry. You tarry in obedience. You tarry through praying through prayer. You pr you tarry through supplication, seeking God for that. But all the while you're doing that, you must be obedient. You got to be in compliance. What does that mean? You can't listen. You can't be presently living in sin, trying to get the Holy Ghost. That's not going to work. You cannot be just this current practitioner of sin and unrighteousness and filth while you're waiting to get the Holy. No. You got to pursue holy things. You got to get on pay on the same page with God. You got to be going after righteousness. Glory to God. And brothers and sisters, that really leads us really, really into our 10th lesson for today in this walking in the spirit series. And this has just been, this has been wonderful. God has really been blessing. Um, we're talking that I'm so thankful that God has given us this, this subject because it's so broad and there's so much in there, so much for us to talk about. Obviously we made it to lesson number 10 by the grace of God. And we're continuing, um, we were continuing with this, um, with this lesson and uncovering the, the various facets of what it means to walk in the spirit. There's so, so many aspects to this and almost just no and there's no shortage really of things to, to to talk about amen amen and so here we are these very things listen god i told you from the beginning i said god has a plan for us god has a, a goal some goals that he's already determined um, for our lives, a purpose for our lives. Now, although God has a purpose for our lives and God has something that he wants to do with and through us, okay? He's not gonna just, there. you gotta understand, these things that God want, God wants to use you in his service, okay? You were created to praise and worship and glorify God. That's what you were created for, okay? It's what I was created for. And God wants to use you in his service. And when God uses you in his service, okay, not only are you blessed with a closeness and fellowship with the most high, with God Almighty. So not only are we blessed with that, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. But you, but he also allows you to be a blessing and a benefit to your fellow man because you can serve as a light to help other people who were lost and who are lost, you understand, okay? Paul said that he was a debtor. 
to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He, he said, he said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a debtor to the, I'm just, I, I am a, I'm a debtor. Okay. And, 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 and he made that very, very plain. He said, I, I, I am, I'm in debt. I, 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 I owe you something. Okay. And, and, and the actual way that that scripture, um, um, that scripture goes, because I want to make sure that I, that I, that I quote that correctly is, is, is really, and you actually find this in Romans chapter one, verse 14, Paul says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Okay. Both to the wise and to the unwise. Amen. 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 I'm, I, 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 he says, I'm a debtor. Okay. Not to the Jews and to the Greeks, but, but what it actually says here is what it, it, the way it actually is phrased is that to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Okay. Now what Paul is talking about is being in debt to Gentiles. Now that's at the end of the day, is what he's talking about. Okay. So anyone in the back in this day who was not considered, who was not a, who was <clears throat> not Jewish by blood or and by Jewish descent. Okay. Or whatnot would be considered a Gentile. Okay. So anyone who was not Jewish is, or would be considered a Gentile and Paul's mission or Paul's uh, <clears throat> ministry was primarily directed to the Gentiles. Okay. His apostleship was the area of his apostleship was focused on that of the Gentiles. And so when you get to Romans chapter one and you look at verse number 14, he says, I am a debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. If you add another scripture onto that, verse number 15, he says, so as much as it, as much in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Amen. Okay. So Paul's in Rome or whatnot. All right. And, and, and well, let's take it one step further to a scripture that you, that many of you are familiar with verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So that's the scripture where we start getting into the Jew and to the Greek, but for all intents and purposes, I want to go back up to 14, where he says, I'm a debtor. Okay. I am, I, I, I'm, I'm in debt. Okay. Um, which means that I'm obligated. That's what he was saying. I am obligated. All right. And I have an obligation to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Okay. I got to, I, 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 I have a, and I want you to understand this. Watch this. He said to the Greeks, Amen. And to the barbarians. Notice that. Notice that. To the Greeks and to the barbarians. Okay. So the barbarians would mean refers to um to foreigners. Now keep in mind. Paul is essentially telling you that he was, that he's indebted to the whole world. 
that he's obligated to share the gospel with the whole world. That's the bottom line. That, 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 that's it. That's the bottom line of what all of this, of all that means. That I am, in, I am indebted to the whole world. See, Paul was once a part of the world. And the Lord saved him. And so now he has this obligation. And it's the same with you and me, especially if you've already been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, you've been saved if that's happened. Amen. But you were once a part of this very world that you have been now saved out of. But although you have been saved out of it, others are still in it. They're still trapped. They're still living in sin. They're still living in unrighteousness. And you and I have an obligation to take the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and share that with them. Okay? Paul said, I'm a debtor. And now it is, it has become my responsibility to take the word and to share it with everybody. I've received it. It was good enough to save me. And my goodness, if it's good enough to save me, it's good enough to save those around me. See, there's nothing about me that made me so more deserving to be saved than anyone else. I'm a sinner. I was a sinner just like everyone else. You are a sinner just like everyone else. God had mercy on us. And here's the thing. He's trying to have mercy on everyone else as well, but he's relying on us to take the message of his mercy to the people that don't realize that God wants to have mercy on them. God doesn't want to throw the book at them if he doesn't have to. He wants to save them the same way that he wants to save you. Or I should say wanted to save you if you're already saved. And so you and I have an obligation, much like Paul. To take to those who we were once a part of. The message of God's forgiveness. Love and his willingness to give a second chance. God wants to use you in order to do that, to take that word out and to give people, to make them aware of the second chance. Now, whether they, they, they take the second chance or not, that has, that's not your problem. That's not my problem. That's not what I can do anything about. My only job, your only job in the grand scheme of things is, is that we will take this message and we will share this message with the world. But before you can do that, my friend, 
And although God wants that from me, and though he wants, that's, that's what he wants me to do. That's what he, those, that's ultimately what God wants us to do is to be able to use us to take the word out to help rescue other as whosoever will. Ultimately, that's got what God wants to do. But God is not going to just do that through you and I all willy-nilly. When I By that, I mean by us just living in any kind of condition. No, no. When we talk about walking in the spirit, we are talking about walking in the way and in the manner that God approves. Amen. In order, if you listen, in order to be a part. Amen. Of what God is doing and wants to do. In order to work with God, actively work with God, to achieve God's goals. In order to actively work with God as he achieves his, God, his goals, meaning that you are in unison with him, you are in unity with him, you are in league with him, you are in right standing with him, you, 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 you're, you're, you're a willing participant, not an unwilling participant. You are, my brother and sister, you are cooperating with God. In order to cooperate and work in cooperation with God as he achieves his goals, his design, amen, through you, you cannot be in any type of state because God does not bless mess. See, when God uses you, the, the side effect of God using you is, is that you also get blessed. <laughs> Amen. It's a blessing to be used by the Lord. Total blessing. Total blessing. It's work and it's tiring, all these things, but you also, but when you are in God, when you are in good, great, in good standing with God, it is a blessing like none other. And I'm not talking about the blessings that flow that as a result, no, I'm talking about man to have peace with God, to not be at war with him, to know that God is smiling over you. I'm not talking about him actually giving you anything or doing, which he does and, and which he will according to, to, to what he's determined. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having that peace so to where you can lay down at night. You can rest in the evening. You're not agitated and worried and constantly in living in fear, knowing that you're not right and 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 and, and hoping that today is not is not the day that that God punches your ticket. No, I'm talking about being in right standing with God, knowing that God's hand is upon you in a loving way, and that God is working with you. And you and 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 you are not working against him. It's wonderful to feel that. And that and 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 that's what happens when you are in right standing with God. When God uses you, you will be recipient of that. You're gonna feel that peace of God. But when you're operating in sin and unrighteousness. God is not going to bless you with that peace. 
God is not going to bless you with that level of tranquility. That, that's not going to happen because God does not bless mess. Listen, Leviticus 20 and 7 says this, sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Amen. First Peter 1 and 16 says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Amen. Leviticus 11, 44, for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves. That means separate yourself. Come away from the stuff that's not right. Amen. And ye shall be holy for what I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Leviticus 19 and 2. Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, ye shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Leviticus 11.45, for I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy. Why? For I am holy. God wants to use you and I, but you got to be holy. You have to, I have to sanctify myself. And sanctification means to be separated and dedicated. So I separate from that which is wrong and I become dedicated to that which is right. In other words, let me make it plain. I got to turn from sin. I got to turn from my ways. This is very much akin to repentance. It is closely connected to this. I got to turn away from that stuff. I cannot be given to that stuff. And I got to be given and connected to God. I got to turn away from what's wrong. Got to turn towards what's right. What's right? God is right. Amen. God is right. God wants to use you. But God wants you to be holy. That means he wants you to be pure. He wants you to be clean. He wants you to be undefiled. Now you say, but brother Walker, I can't, I, 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 you know what? I, I, how am I going to do that? Well, here's the thing on your own. No, you can't do that. But God came up with a plan for all of that. You know what he did? He, if you look, if you will get right with God, if you will repent of your sins, if you will come to God, if you will believe him, if you will walk in his way, set your heart and your mind to do the will of God and to be obedient and stop fighting against God. If you will turn to God and follow his commandments and his laws and his judgments and his statutes and its precepts, if you will do, if you will do that, then here's what God will do. When we come to the Lord, when the Lord saves you, there's a, there's a benefit. Okay. It's God. No, you don't, you're not righteous. <clears throat> so what does he do? 
he imputes righteousness to you. In other words, he spots you some righteousness. In other words, he covers you. He gives you his own righteousness. He knows that you, he's the one that's calling for righteousness and holiness. And he knows that you don't have it. But if you will obey him, he will give it to you. Now, once he gives it to you, his expectation is, is that you walk in it. You got to walk in the holiness and the righteousness that the Lord gives to you. See, it's not your, it's not my holiness. I don't have any of on my own. I'm, I'm messed up as the day is long. But he imputes his righteousness. That means my bank account of righteousness is on E and God fills it up with his own righteousness. Why? Because he knows that I need it. And it's only going to be those that are righteous and holy and pure that's going to see God. It isn't going to be anybody else. I mean, it's, it's not going to be anybody else. The person that comes before the Lord the one that's going to dwell with him is the one that has a clean heart and clean hands. You got to be holy. I have to be holy. I mean, there, there's just no, there's no other way. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Think about it. Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Amen. Amen. That's Psalms 24, three through five. I'm, I got, I'm, if I'm going to dwell with him, I'm going to have to have it. Notice, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who's going to go up there? Who's going who gonna, who gonna to get to heaven? Who's going to get to where God is? Watch this. Or who shall stand in this holy place? Who's going to be able to do all that? Now, notice what he's talking about. This is where Lord is. And he already told you that this place is, is holy. Amen. He's already told you that where the Lord is, is holiness. His holiness is that he is holy and everything around him is holy. And the question is, is who's going to go there? All right. That's the, that's the thing. That's the subject here. Who's going to go there? Now watch what he says. Here's the requirement. He that hath what? Clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity or to emptiness. In other words, you ain't tied up on all this nonsense. You're focused on the Lord. You're going in the right direction. He that has clean hands, amen, and a pure heart. 
clean hands. You're not undertaking wicked stuff. You're not doing that which is wrong. Amen. Amen. And a pure heart. Your heart is towards God. You don't have the secret malicious intent and motive and all of these different things. You're not secretly trying to get over and exploit your brother and your... No, none of that. That's not going. That's, that's not making it. We're not making it with that. Nor sworn deceitfully. I'm not just running my mouth and saying all kind of stuff and doing... No. Watch this. As a result of that, because really, verse four, what you really talking about, all that kind of stuff. That's see, that's what happens when you sanctify. That's the sanctification. See, when you sanctify, you separate from the stuff. Listen, your hands get cleaned up. Your heart get right. You hear what I'm saying? Your soul don't get attacked. You don't get focused on stuff that's empty and don't and, 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 and of no value. And you watch what you say. See, that's a result of sanctification right there. Turning away from the unclean thing. And he tells you there's a, there's something happens because of that. Watch this. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord right? And righteousness from the God of his salvation. Notice, it didn't say he have his own righteousness. No, that that person who does that has his own righteousness. No, as a result of obedience to God, God gives that man righteousness. I, man, we cannot make this up. It is right here in the script. Do you see this? In Psalms 24. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul to vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. That is a sanctified person. That is a person who has turned away from sin. My goodness, that's a person who, who practices turning away from sin. Who, who, it's not a one time. They are turning. They have set themselves to turn away from what's wrong and turn and undertake those things that are right before God. Listen, not right before the world. It ain't about that. It's about being right before God. In other words, verse number four, this is a person that these things here are the results of being obedient. Obedience will produce clean hands. It'll clean you up. Obedience will produce a pure heart. It'll pull out all the nonsense. It'll get you focused right where you're supposed to be. It'll get your emotions where you're supposed to be. It'll get your feelings going in the right direction. Obedience will cause you to sidestep putting all your energy and all your effort into the things that have no value. You won't, be, you won't, your soul will not be lifted up to vanity, empty things. 
It'll keep you. Obedience will keep you from wasting time. My goodness, there's a whole lot of us right now. We're wasting a whole lot of time because of disobedience. Disobedience will have you waste more of your life than you realize. Obedience. Obedience will make you mindful of what you say. It'll make you realize that the Lord Almighty is high and that you are low. And you don't have no power to swear by anything. You don't talk yourself into foolishness and be swearing and doing all that kind of stuff. Obedience produces this. And as a result of the production of these things by way of obedience, God responds a certain way. How does he respond? He responds according to verse five. He shall receive the blessing of the Lord. That means you're going to be, you're going to have God's favor over you. Amen. Amen. You're going to have God's blessing over you. And you're going to receive the righteousness. The state of righteousness. Will be applied to you. By God. Do you hear what? I hope you see how that works. Amen. Isn't this just good stuff? This is just, this is just, this is just wonderful. God has a plan and has some goals for you. But you can't be unclean while you're doing them. It's not going to happen. If you want to be, listen, if you're going to walk with God and you're going to be in cooperation with God, and that's what he wants you to do, you're going to have to get cleaned up. You're going to have to start, you're going to have to obey. You're going to have to start doing what he told you to do. My goodness, even, you can't even, listen, you can't even be saved. You can't even get saved without obedience. Why? Because you have to obey the gospel. You have to obey the message and obey the commandments of God. Everything, it started, it, listen, obedience You have to obey first, and then God does what he does. Listen, if, if you want the work, the saving work of Calvary to be applied to you, you cannot have it without obedience. With, without obedience. You can't have it. And if you walk, but if you walk in obedience, you can have it if you walk in obedience. Now, in order to maintain it and to keep it, and this is a different story, but even but in order to keep it, once you have it, you got to still continue in obedience. See, you can't get away from obedience. You need obedience in order to get, get it, and you need obedience in order to keep it. You need it. 
You need it. Because what God gives you, you can throw away. Remember this. God don't God, listen. God will never God will not be dragging and headlock dragging and pulling anybody into heaven. No. God's not bringing people who don't want to go to heaven to heaven. That's not going to happen. Those that make it to heaven, it's intentional. Meaning that these people, the ones that are going to make it, the ones who are going to get to the heel of the Lord, the ones who are going to stand in his holy place, these are the ones that's going that's doing the right thing. What didn't the scripture just tell you? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul under vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. This is the obedient person. The disobedient ain't making it into heaven. God is not finna just drag you to heaven all the while you, you and you don't want to do what he's telling you to do. It ain't gonna happen. Be, we we got to be obedient. We got to be obedient. So many wonderful things when we talk about walking in the spirit. So many things. I love how God sometimes just to take our attention and he'll direct it in a different way. You know, and this is, it, it's, if you're going to walk in the spirit, in order to do so and to walk successfully in the spirit, let me bottom line what we're, what we're teaching and what, what, what has just come across today. And it's this. In order to be successful in walking in the spirit, there must be obedience. Because in order to successfully walk in the spirit, you got to be clean. You can't do the things of God from a defiled and dirty state, family. You can't. You cannot serve God the way he wants you to serve him. From a dirty, defiled state. See, God will use you one way or the other. Now, you need to understand it. Let me be real. God will use you one way or another. But God has a preferred way in which he wants to use you. God doesn't want to have to use you against your will. He doesn't want to have to do that. So through the work of Calvary and the blessing that is the cross and the blood that was shared on Calvary for us, he has made available the opportunity for us to work with him through cooperation. See, God doesn't want to override you. He wants you to be an active part, a willing participant. He doesn't want you to be an unwilling participant. So he offers you the opportunity 
to get on board with him. But you got to have your sins washed away. And for that, you got to obey the gospel. We talked about this from the beginning, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. I didn't give you the scripture back then at the very start of it, but that, that's what chapter 2, actually started verse 36 and keep reading. You got to get that stuff dealt with. But throughout this lesson, we kept talking about other aspects of obedience. And in particular, we talked about sanctification and we talked about holiness. God wants to use you and he wants you to co cooperate with him. But he needs you to be clean. You can't have secret sins. You can't be living in adultery. You can't be living. You, you, listen, you can't be no thief. You can't go around being a liar. You can't go around being this terrible, bad employee. You can't do this stuff. You can't walk in unrighteousness. God wants fellowship with you. But ma'am, sir, you have got to be holy. You got to be pure. You got to be clean. And I just showed you from the book of Psalms, chapter 24. That the very righteousness that you need. In order. To go where God is, to be where he is. That very righteousness that is required to work with God and to be with God, he will give you that righteousness. If you will be obedient, you cannot get it if you're content, if you're set on being disobedient. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Obedience. Will clean you up. Will straighten you up. Obedience. First and foremost, to get your soul cleaned up. Get where you need to be. The first thing that you must obey is that you must obey the gospel. That's the first area of obedience. You got to get your soul right. You got to get in right standing with God. First and foremost, that's what that's the first area. That's the first thing you got to do. And that goes back to that repentance and the things that we talked about. You got to first do that. So you can get where you need to be. Now, once you obey that, and the Lord saves your soul. 
in order to retain that, you got to continue in obedience. Amen. Amen. Go back to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. You had to be obedient in order to receive him. You got to keep walking in that obedience after you receive him. Amen. First Thessalonians 4 and 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how, you, how ye out ought to walk, and please God, so ye would abound more and more. You got to keep doing it. You are never going to get away from obedience. But that first area of obedience is obedience to that gospel. Once you've done that and the Lord saves you, and if you don't know specifically, again, Acts chapter 2, start at verse 36, keep going. Once all that has done, this, you got to continue in obedience. Continuing in obedience is what straightens up your walk. It's what straightens up your talk. It's what straightens up your thinking. It's what's, it's going to straighten you up. It is continuing in obedience. It is by the doing of such that God works out or allows you, as the scripture teaches us, to work out your own salvation with fear. In other words, he starts chipping off more and more of the old things you used to do. The old stuff you used to be in league with. He starts straightening you up. Straightening you up. God wants to use you, but he wants you to be holy. He wants you to be righteous, and you can't do that on your own. He can give you the righteousness that's required in order for you to work with him and to cooperate with him and to be in, but you must set your heart to be obedient, and you must do what he says do. And if you will respond with obedience, then the promises of God will apply to you and you will watch and see these promises fulfilled in your life. Brothers and sisters, this has been our 10th lesson. Glory to God. It's uh, exactly where the Lord wanted us to go today. We will continue this with lesson 11 um, as the Lord gives us grace and mercy and opportunity, but govern yourselves accordingly um, to the word of God. Meditate over it. Take it in pieces if you need to. Set your heart to be obedient. Set your heart to be obedient. Because that's the person that's going to get to God. That's the person that's going to make it. It's not going to, listen, you're not going to make it. Listen, you got to have obedience in order to get right. And you got to have obedience in order to stay right. And when God give you the Holy Ghost, man, <laughs> you can certainly do it for sure. For sure. But you got your role to play. And that role is obedience. Brothers and sisters, until 
next time, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here. Wow.